Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listen in to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry. Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about property viewings, the virtual kind, and how do you know whether you've made the right choice if that's how you're going to be looking for your next rental property? Now, remote viewings are not a new concept. In fact, they have been long used in other industries, such as insurance, where it allows loss adjusters to carry out inspections without the need for personal attendance. 360-degree virtual tours are already very familiar to us, so it's not surprising that landlords and letting agents are now making the most of virtual technology to render the letting process even quicker and easier. But just because something is quick and easy doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do. So when viewing properties virtually, how do you know you've made the right choice? Virtual property viewings are the inevitable technological next step in securing a rental in today's modern fast-paced market. The lockdown, which accompanied the COVID pandemic, has accelerated the adoption of the technology, since people still need to take out new tenancies wherever the public health situation is. At the height of the UK's lockdown, it was actively encouraged under government guidelines. But with or without the effects of the virus, it was only a matter of time before virtual viewings became commonplace. But how effective are they in enabling potential tenants to assess the properties they're considering making their home? How does the mechanism work? What are the advantages and equally disadvantages? And how can a renter get the most out of the virtual experience? Estate agents have used photography in the marketing for decades, and it's no secret that photographers are briefed to provide the best possible angles to create the right impression, taking photographs on the sunniest days, using lenses to increase the sense of space, employing prop tech to digitally enhance the pictures or remove unsightly blemishes, even working with filters to adjust the tones of walls and flooring. These are just some of the techniques employed. I'd argue they're not necessarily dishonest, but equally they're certainly a selective and can provide a false impression of the property, especially if only viewed virtually. The big difference is that in the days before video technology, an in-person visit inspired artistic and pleasing photographs might actually have led to a feeling of disappointment when a prospective tenant finally got to see the property. I know from my own personal experience, it's something that I've happened to me where I thought I have found the one, the property for me, only to arrive and find the very long driveway that I was really hoping for was literally no bigger than a postage stamp. So you can really see where you can come across a lot of problems. It's possible also that the premium photography might even have been counterproductive by inflating expectations, as I found out. But no one at that point signed the tenancy agreement before viewing the property themselves. But times, as we all know, have changed and changed a lot. Most of us are familiar with the virtual tours offered by hotels, holiday resorts and the like. Amount of times I've been on TripAdvisor looking at videos of properties um, to rent uh, along the beach, um, like sandals and places like that. Looking at a video really helps you understand and, and capture the mood and the feeling of where it is that you might be holidaying in. 
Landlords and letting agents have seen these benefits from video tours and have taken and applied them to residential properties. Many have been using these for quite some time now, but prospective tenants need to be very, very careful, especially if making the final decision on whether to rent based solely on what is often a very selective view of the rental. For one thing, virtual tours can be very expensive to make. So using the highest quality solutions will generally only make financial sense uh, for things like high-end properties. In the wider market, the videos are more likely to be amateur productions filmed by the landlord or the agent. But quality aside, there is always the problem of disclosure. Almost certainly you're being given the most flattering presentation of the property, which is unlikely to show you the, like, the peeling paper behind the door, um, the worn out carpet, old and drafty windows, creaking doors or dripping of leaking pipes or taps. You're not just going to see that. There's also no guarantee that the furniture you see in the tour that you're watching will be what's waiting for you at the property. Um, it might be in rented furniture or digitally added in order to create a representation of how the property may look when like your own furniture is in place. Um, I've seen this actually before where we've taken a tenant to a property to check them in. There's no furniture there. They thought the furniture would be there because there was furniture on the pictures and on the details. And they were confused because they actually didn't come with any furniture, i.e. they didn't have any. And they were expecting a bed and sofa and everything else to be present at the property. And there wasn't. You can imagine how difficult that conversation was. Um, not just for us as the inventory providers, but also for the agent then trying to sort that out at six o'clock in the um, early evening when the tenant is expecting that everything is going to be there. So expectations need to be set early and factually by the agent or the landlord to avoid these type of awkward situations and conversations when the property is not exactly as expected. You also have no way of telling if there are any musty or unpleasant smells in the property. You can't get that from a virtual tour. Um, you've got no sense of how warm or cold it is. And especially around noise pollution, um, you don't often understand what a property is like until you've actually lived in it. So things like traffic, neighbours, trains or planes, all of these can be skillfully circumvented and eliminated from the video, which gives a great uh, kind of view of the property, but not necessarily exactly how it will be to live there. Of course, there's no guarantee that you will be shown the property in the wider context of the neighbourhood, which would be much easier to judge on a physical visit. Understanding what it looks like, how it feels, if it's cleaned, if it's tidy, if it's noisy, it's busy, if there's places to park. So virtual viewings conducted live are infinitely preferable since they can be at least partially directed by the viewer. But even then, you've still got to be careful. But the advantages of a live session is that the renter can ask landlord or agent questions about aspects of the property, request closer views and second or even third looks around a particular room or area just to get that clarity. And this is clearly a far more flexible method than pre-recorded videos or even the immersive 3D models that you see that are often created by agents. And it gives the tenant, the viewer, much more control. It's the second best option to a personal visit as it happens in real time and allows you, the viewer, to see what and where you want rather than having to accept the view that you are being offered if it's pre-recorded and you've got no input. 
any viewing that is not live is far from perfect, but within the current limitations, I know we're out of lockdown at the moment, but there's always potential that we go back into lockdown or restrictions might be added, etc. It is a reasonable alternative, especially when you're trying to narrow down your options without the cost of any travelling it may involve to visit the prospective new property and your new home. However, the key point to remember here is that a tenancy is a contract and as such, a contract contains both explicit and implied terms. If a would-be renter is not visited in person, there is a much higher risk that discrepancies will occur between what has been apparently been promised and what is actually delivered. And this can be a very imprecise area of law and depends on contractual specifics, as well as what may be interpreted or read into the contract, such as general standards of maintenance and things like fitness for human habitation. If a virtual viewing makes clear representations regarding the condition and supply of things like fixtures, fittings and furnishings, but then they turn out to be false, then the landlord may be held liable for misrepresentation. This is potentially as serious as a breach of explicit terms. However, if the renter has made assumptions on their own judgment of the viewing without express prompting, then the error is their own. There is no simple solution to these situations. It may be in the interest of both parties to use video tools to ensure the survival of the contract, but this may actually also require flexibility in negotiation and, in all honesty, a lot of cross fingers, because what you see at the video stage and then what you get when you actually move in, they could be two different things. Should you or a tenant decide to put down a holding deposit on the basis of such a viewing, you will normally have around about seven days before tenancy must be signed in which to withdraw without losing any money. But it's always best to check the details before handing over the holding deposit. Unless it is completely impossible, it's always advisable for any tenants to arrange a visit to the property during this grace period for peace of mind and the certainty it will bring, because it will answer a lot of questions that you may have had at the virtual viewing that you could then answer by physically being there. And it's no different to purchasing or renting any kind of item or car. You know, you need to take the time to go and have a look and make sure that you're happy. WhatsApp, FaceTime and Zoom are the most popular vehicles for virtual viewings. However, these types of do-it-yourself tours are less than secure and the platform is not necessarily designed to be used in the way that they're employed to during a virtual viewing. So there's always potential for breaches of GDPR. Um, a case in point, um, a Matterport user fell foul of this when they were completing a 3D walkthrough of an occupied property, and it showed within the, um, the actual tour itself personal items and information of the person living there. Um, and this literally went out to thousands of viewers, all of which could be seen before it was actually taken down. This is why a virtual tour directed by either the current owner, resident tenant or an experienced professional is vital and key to making sure that nothing in regards to personal details and information is shown. And this is just as important as the information is actually provided to you know, yourself, the prospective tenants and the owners during the tenancy and letting process. Currently, uh, trading standards are actually working on guidance um, and that's due out, I believe, imminently um, and they're working with the property redress scheme as part of a steering group on improving material information in property listings um, all the major portals the trade bodies and civil servants everyone's involved in helping produce and shape this guidance um, and the idea is so that it will show what it should be advertised and what should be displayed for properties online how and the whole structures and the safeguards that surround that 
Um, I saw recently a comment by Sean Hawker, who is head of redress at the Property Redress Scheme. And what he said is um, virtual viewings have several great benefits, such as helping to filter out customers who aren't sure that the property is right for them, minimising unnecessary disruption to current tenants and allowing potential tenants to view properties at a time that is convenient to them, which eliminates travel for both themselves and, of course, the agent as well. However, he states caution should be exercised, especially when the tenant is at the stage of signing on the dotted line, paying a holding deposit or paying a rent in advance. Tenancy agreements are consumer contracts, as we've already mentioned, and the consumer protection regulations give tenants security against mis-selling, misleading actions and omissions. So it's very clear you need to be careful. These are great tools, but it, they're not the be all and end all. They don't necessarily always protect you. And that is why you need to do your research. So when you're looking to view a property virtually, make sure that the agent that you're going with is reputable. They're signed up to a property redress scheme and is a current member of a recognized client money protection scheme. That means then if you do hand over any deposit monies, then you know that they're protected. Um, and that you've got regulations behind that and, and you're assured of what's going to happen should anything change. Also ask the agent the process for viewing the property, um, the actual details, request the details, ask what's included in the rental. Don't just take it as a given that what you're seeing on the screen is exactly what you're going to get. This includes fixtures and furniture. And find out when the EICR was completed and ask for a copy. Um, is there a current gas safety certificate? You know, ask for these certificates, ask for this information so you understand the condition of the property. Because if you're not going to see it and you're literally going to rent it virtual online from what you've seen online, then you need to make sure that the safety certificates certificates are all in place. If you're in the property virtually via the landlord, ask for their name. Check that the property they're renting out is in fact theirs. You see loads of stories on the internet where people um, are taking deposits for properties that they think they are going to be moving into the next day. And all of a sudden on that day at four o'clock, there's like three or four families all trying to move into the same property and they've been scammed. It happens. So make sure you do your due diligence. You know who this landlord is. You know that the property is theirs and that they are able to rent it out. And you can do this by doing a search on the government's land registry site. And if you are interested in the property and you want to put a holding deposit down, make sure you understand what happens if you or the landlord decide not to proceed, as you may lose the deposit. Thanks for joining me today at The Inventory Professional. We look forward to welcoming you again on our next podcast. Thanks for joining us this week on The Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by InventoryBase, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on-demand property reports.